0: Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and the Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. It is great to see you here in person. And for those of you who are worshiping with us online, it's good to have you join us as well. So, We have been in pursuit of the family church uh, really for years, but over the last three weeks, we've had this focus. And a few weeks ago, we recognized that trust is really the foundation of the family church. If we don't trust each other, nothing good good is going to happen. And so it's important that uh, we are transparent, empathetic, consistent so that we can build on Christ's foundation and build up our families. And then a couple of weeks ago, it was humble service that God has called each one of us to put the needs of others before ourselves, so to submit ourselves to each other. Uh, And it's the heart of the family church because humble service is simply Christian love in action. Then last week, the use of God's word is the power of the family church and then today we celebrate that prayer is the bond of the family church. So I'd invite you to pull out your uh, phones and uh, follow along as we read uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 to 20. So the Apostle Paul is wrapping up this What we would call his conversation with the family church, he didn't use the term family church, he was just recognizing these are the roles that we as Christians have in our different uh, stations in life. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So as he wraps up this idea, he says, you know, pray. And it's interesting that he says, With this in mind, you know, just remember what we heard last week about our enemy, you know, is not flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. You know, this is the same way that Jesus talked about prayer on that night when he just said, hey, friends, I am not okay. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, even to the point of death. I'm not okay. I need your prayers. It's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what does he say to the disciples? Watch and pray. Recognize the dangers that, that are, 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 I'm facing and recognize the dangers that you are facing and pray. And that's what we as pastors of our family churches can do. That first of all, we keep watch for the dangers that are out there. Now as I think about the dangers that that I see as a pastor of the family church, I think first of all of the dangers of youth. You know, there's a passage in Psalm 25 where King David says, Remember not the sins of my youth, O Lord. And I mean, who of us doesn't have to pray that, right? Remember not the sins of my youth. You know, youth is so hard. It's so hard to, to become and grow up as a Christian when you're young, and, and especially as you kind of get to those teenage years when 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 the hormones are really pumping, and and uh, you want to be faithful to God, you want to preserve and protect the way you think and the way you speak and, and the way you act, so that you're preserving the the the, the chaste and, and holy life that God has given us. You know that that we. Enjoy that, that marvelous intimacy in the marriage bed for the very first time, oh Lord, I, I see all kinds of dangers for God's youth as, as those temptations in the world they face. And, you know and, and then when I was young, alcohol was the big deal, and, and tobacco, you know, and now it's like holy cast, there are drugs that are deadly. Lord, I see so many dangers. Be alert, this is terrifying. And then I put as a separate item on the back of our worship folder the the danger of loneliness. You know, Satan is just using loneliness right now to destroy so many people. You know, there's this epidemic of loneliness in in young people, in the elderly. There's nobody that, that you have that you can share your highs with, but especially there's nobody that you can share your lows with. And and Satan is just using that. You know, if you're all by yourself, he can just tell you those lies over and over and over again and hammer you. And and Satan just loves it when we're all alone. And I just see so much danger uh, for God's church in that issue of loneliness. And then finally, I see this danger that our culture presents. You know, how hard it is as a family to raise young people to be Christians today. Over and over again, I talk with faithful pastors of family churches, moms and dads who love Jesus, who want their kids to know and love Jesus, and yet so many kids who have grown up in a Christian household have turned away from Christ. They followed the culture of our day, and there's so many dangers. In fact, there's a statistic that that I want to share with you, that I I pray drives you to your knees as you are alert and, and keep on praying. It's a statistic about our church body, and I don't think we share this enough. It, it's bad news, but we need to know bad news so that we can be praying about it. The bad news: in 1990, our church body had 411 thousand members. In 2022. Our church body had 330,000 members. We've lost 20% of our membership over the last 30 years. And that loss is accelerating as time goes on because the younger generations are even less inclined to be part of God's church. I share that with you just to recognize, you know, it's not just a few families that are struggling. This is a struggle that family churches all over our nation are facing. This isn't a statistic just about our church body. This is American Christianity in general. Brothers and sisters, if you are pastors of family churches, if you care about God's church, how can we not be driven down to our knees and say, Lord, I see so many dangers out there. It is terrifying. What should we do? And the Apostle Paul's answer is be alert and pray. Why pray? Because as pastors of family churches, you and I need to know the bond of prayer. Now, I use a spider web as a picture of the bond of prayer because spider webs, they are incredibly thin, but they're very powerful for their weight, aren't they? That's the way prayer is. Prayer looks like nothing at all, but it is so incredibly powerful. In the lesson for today uh, from the Old Testament, we, we heard the power of prayer. So a pastor of a family church, and man, this family church is a mess, isn't it? I mean, sometimes we, we go, uh, my family church is a mess, and, you know, nothing good can happen. Let's, let's face it, this family church that's introduced to us in 1 Samuel, 3, or 1, Samuel 1 is a mess. Uh, there, there's two wives. <sighs> Bad, right? That's not God's will. Uh There's quarreling and bickering among the wives, not good. And there's this this husband, the more I've heard about, heard it over and over again over the last week, you know, I'm just going, Elkanah was a jerk. Why are you crying, Hannah? Come on, buck up. Come on, come on. What a mess of a family. And yet, the pastor of the family church, Hannah, Offers up a prayer to God, and and this is a powerful illustration that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Hannah prays, and not just her family church is blessed with the son, but the church at large is blessed with the prophet Samuel, the, the very name which means our God hears. Understand the power of prayer. In the gospel lesson appointed for today, from Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells a parable about a a widow who is pounding on the door of a judge saying, give me justice. And Jesus says, pray and don't give up, especially as you see how hard it is for people to remain faithful. Keep on praying. Pray because you have this connection to an all-powerful God. Pray for miracles. Pray for miracles of healing, physical healing. Don't be afraid to pray for the impossible because we have a God who can do the impossible. Pray for miracles, but not just physical miracles. Pound on God's door in prayer. I will not give up. I am going to pray for a miracle. I am praying for those members of my family that are being lost And Satan is having their way with him. I'm going to keep on praying and pounding on that door because God, I know that you can do miracles. Keep on pounding on that door, asking God to perform miracles in somebody's heart until God makes it somehow absolutely clear that's not his will. Then say, God, create a miracle in my heart and help me be content with the status quo. Your will be done, not mine. Pastors of the family church who see the dangers need to understand the power of prayer. But then remember the reach of prayer. So in our lesson for today, the Apostle Paul is in prison in Rome. And he's writing to Christians in Ephesus, which is today Turkey. Now, as the crow flies, that's 1,200 miles. If you walk, it's 1,700 miles. Man, the, the family church was broken. No, it's not. The distance of 1,700 miles could not break the family church that existed between Paul and the Ephesians. Paul, as you read through Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he is praying over and over again for them. In fact, that's part of our group work, some of Paul's prayers for the Ephesians. I am right there with you, Prayer has this incredible reach. You see, that's just like like a, a spider web, right? Isn't it amazing how how spider webs have this, this reach? That that how do spiders get so far with their spider webs? You know, on, on, on last night, you know, after I preached this sermon, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give communion you know, up at church, you know, and I step up to give the communion to the first table, and you know what happens? <laughs> There's a spider web on my face. Where did it come from? Spiders, spider webs have this incredible reach. So does your prayer. Over and over again I'm seeing on Facebook that, that moms and dads are saying goodbye to sons and daughters as they go off to college or go into the military. Oh no, the family church doesn't exist anymore. Yes, it does because you have prayer as this bond that can reach across miles and moms and dads and daughters and sons and grandsons and grand- grandmas can be connected even though separated by thousands of miles. The bond of prayer keeps a family church so that you can be a blessing to people who are far away. And, and I wish it weren't so, but I know that probably every one of us, either in our biological family or in our functional family, the, the circle of, of people that we consider friends, there are people in our family church who are estranged from us. Emotionally, they're separated from us. There's this great big gulf. and and the family church is broken. No, it's not, because you have this bond of prayer that can reach across, not just thousands of miles, but can reach across those emotional divides. You can be a blessing to those people who are estranged from you. Keep on pounding God's door, because you know the power of prayer, and you know the reach of prayer. And then understand the intimacy of prayer. Paul and the Ephesians are separated by 1,200 miles. And yet there's this marvelous intimacy because Paul says, you know, I've got a problem here in Rome. Remember when you read Paul's letters, remember he's never writing in a vacuum. Sometimes I th- I'm afraid that we make Paul into a into a demigod or something. Paul was just like us. So what does he say? You know, you know, I'm here in prison in Rome, and it's pretty scary sometimes when I'm testifying before people who could put me to death, and I'm testifying about Jesus as their Savior and the one who will be their judge if they oppose him. And you know, pray that I might declare the mystery of Christ fearlessly. Why is he saying that? Because he is open and honest in saying, you know what? It's scary sometimes, and I need your help. And then there's this marvelous intimacy that's formed, that that even though the Ephesians are 1,200 miles away, suddenly they are united with the Apostle Paul in his ministry and in his struggle, and they're coming before the same Heavenly Father, united in prayer. Wow. There's this marvelous intimacy in prayer that creates intimacy Even among strangers. I love this story that has just changed the way I think about prayer and the way that I carry out my prayer ministry. It was a story that my good friend Tim Crewall, who used to be a member here, he was president at Wisconsin Lutheran College. He he told this story at the time, Tim's mom was about 96 years old over in Michigan, and so we'd drive over to Michigan pretty regularly. You know, and, and uh, as he was driving over to Michigan to see his mom one time, uh, some Michigander uh, sees, at, they're both at the gas pump, and this Michigander sees that, that Tim is from out of state. Oh, what are you doing in Michigan? And Tim says, well, I'm visiting my mom, you know, that whole thing. And, and the, the guy at the other pump says, can I pray for your mom? I mean, what do you say? No. Sure. The guy leaves the pump, walks over to Tim, and prays right there. And suddenly there's this marvelous intimacy two strangers suddenly become brothers in Christ offering up to the Father together what is on Tim's heart is now suddenly on the heart of his brother in Christ and there's this marvelous intimacy that is created I experienced it just this last week I was walking out of Walmart and Jim Adelbeck bumps into me Jim is a member here And uh, Jim's son is horribly, frighteningly ill in a hospital in Illinois. Uh, We'll be praying for him in just a minute. But, I mean, it's scary. It's scary. And I asked Jim for an update on how his son Jamie was doing. And then, God bless him, Jim said, would you pray for Jamie right, right now? And so right there in Walmart, we enjoyed this intimate bond as two brothers in Christ came before the same Heavenly Father together and what was on Jim's heart was on my heart and we prayed together. There's this marvelous intimacy that prayer creates. So, if we see the danger, we know the power of prayer, we know the reach of prayer, we know how prayer can... can make make this intimate bond among us as brothers and sisters in Christ? What are we going to do? Let us lead in prayer. You see, the pastor of the family church leads the prayer. So I'm just asking you to look at that picture. Who is the pastor of that family church? Dad, right? Dad, you got the call to be the pastor of the family church. You have that spiritual responsibility to be the leader of the family. But many of you know there's an awful lot of dads that have kind of stepped back away from that leadership role. They're not the strong ones in the family. It's the mom. Maybe in this picture it's the mom who is serving as the pastor of the family church, leading her family church in prayer. But maybe there's another way to think about it. Those of you who have little children, those of you who had little children, may have experienced this, where you're out at a restaurant, you know, and there's people crowded all around you, and you just start start eating. And the three-year-old says, aren't we going to pray? And the Three-year-old becomes the pastor of the family church, because being a pastor is not a position of authority. Being a pastor is a position of service. Being a pastor, a shepherd, is simply using your relationship with the Savior and, and using that relationship that you have with the Savior and drawing the rest of the flock closer to Jesus, even two and three-year-olds can be pastors of the family church. So Pastors, that's all of us. Lead the prayer. But how? How do I do that? Maybe prayer isn't a part of your family at all. If, if that's the case, then I, this is where it starts. It's the easiest place to start. Make sure that you sit down with, with everybody who is present in your family. Or in your functional family, when you sit down to pray, hey, can we pray, or sit down to eat, can, can we pray? And it just has to be, come Lord, can be just, come Lord Jesus, be our guest, and we'll and oh, give thanks to the Lord. It doesn't have to be hard, just start. And then bring God into the conversation. You know, prayer is not just a one-way conversation with God where we're just talking to God Prayer is a two-way conversation and the most important person to speak in this conversation is God. You know, when Martin Luther talked about, I've got so much work to do, I'm going to have to spend three hours in prayer. He wasn't saying, I'm going to spend three hours just talking to God. Martin Luther knew the entire psalmody by heart. That three hours was a conversation between his Savior God as he read and studied and contemplated and meditated on God's word and then how his heart responded to God's word. So bring God into the conversation. And in the worship folder on the back, I you know, put in parentheses under the table just as a kind of tip of the hat to my favorite professor, Professor Sigbert Becker up at the seminary. You know, Professor Becker said that you know, when his kids were little, he, he would put a, a Bible, you know, an old Bible, uh, uh, un, under, under the table. You know, there were some ledges uh, on the kitchen table underneath, you know. So he'd put the Bible on the ledge so that he didn't even have to get up. When, when he and his wife were done eating and the kids were still picking at their food, because, you know, kids always take forever to eat, right? Man. He didn't get up, he pulled out the Bible. And he brought God into the conversation. And, and then, talk to God in prayer. And now, you know, some of you are going, uh, prayer is just not a part of our, our, you know, makeup. This isn't part of our DNA as a family. And I get it. I get it because my mom and dad were incredibly faithful pastors of their family church they took us to church every sunday mom and dad were both sunday school teachers very involved in 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 building up god's kingdom in redwood falls minnesota god be praised but praying out loud our our own prayers that was not part of our culture if that's true for you then start easy Read written prayers. You know, in the, the worship folder, or uh, in the out in the welcome center, uh, there's some of these. There's a prayer for that. Our publishing house built uh, wrote this. Uh, Chris who who is a pastor member of our congregation, is teaching a Bible study on prayer in the Grace Room at 9:30 right now. Uh, and uh, he mentioned at the, pul- at the synod offices, they use this a lot. Sometimes it's just nice to use somebody else's words as you come before God in prayer, somebody else who is thinking more about more things than you. So pray. And maybe you noticed in the worship folder that, that you know, there on the inside back cover, there's the, the Lord's uh, prayer and Luther's explanation to help you. Oh, there's some written prayers for you. And, and that green sheet that you have. That's written prayers. In fact, those, that green sheet was written in a way that you can make it into a prayer chain. Have fun with it for those of you who are young at heart like me. Somebody else is young at heart back there. Yes! Thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Um, and then start praying. Yourself. Oh, that'll be so hard. Like I said, it wasn't part of my DNA, growing up, spiritual DNA. I remember the first time I ever prayed out loud in front of somebody. Ho, 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 was that terrifying. I was a vicar. So I'd gone through seminary two years. I was out getting practical experience. Uh, We had some kind of church meeting in the evening. I don't know what it was, but there were about 30 people there. And the pastor says, Past vicar closed with prayer, and I went. Huh. <laughs> I don't have anything in front of me. I to just pray. Somehow I got to amen. Woo, right? Just start. It doesn't have You know, one of the drawbacks about the video that Mike uh, and and uh, uh, Dave and uh, Rhonda made is, you know, they're prayer experts. It doesn't have to be that elaborate to say, God, help Dave. God, help Mike. God, help Rhonda. Amen. You know, it it doesn't have to be hard. Just start. And then start a a prayer circle, or I like to call it a, a prayer web because God wants our prayers to be spider webs, That we all experience this marvelous intimacy. You know, sometimes I'm afraid that that if you're in a small group, sometimes your prayer is more of a, 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 a hub and spoke prayer. That everybody says, this is my prayer request, and then one person does all the praying. Why don't we break it up? That one person says, this is what's on my heart, and then a brother or sister says, God, hear us as we ask for help for my brother, Pete, who's sitting right next to me. Because we know that prayer is this marvelous bond that unites us in this intimate relationship as brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's all be praying for each other. So, I think I'm ready for the next steps. Why don't you get your worship folder out? And in the worship folder, on the outline, it's not quite on the back page, but it's near the back, there's the My Next Steps. Do you see it? You know, the next steps are as simple as ready, set, go. Get ready. Take the first step toward a daily conversation with God. If you're not in this daily conversation with God Maybe the, the first thing is to do is for you personally to start that conversation. Why don't you just put the Bible someplace where you see it? Every day you just see it. Maybe, maybe the, the, all you're going to do is you're going to touch it. Maybe it's, it's in your bathroom and you're just going to touch that Bible every day. As a reminder, you know, I, I want to have this conversation with God. And then, after you've just touched it and said, Lord, just a little prayer, Lord, help me, uh, maybe open it up. The next step is just to open it up. Open it up in the middle. Marvelous thing about Bibles, you open up in the middle, they're almost always open to Psalms. Just read a Psalm verse. The Great Questions, Great Conversation podcast that was just released this last, last Wednesday talks about this kind of, how do you start a habit? Just start something really small and let it grow. Get ready. And then get set. Choose the tools that will help you. There's a prayer for that. Children's Bibles that are available here at the Welcome Center. God's Yellow Pages that's available. Emails that are available by email, uh, online. And then, go. Just start. I told you the first prayer that I had was was the hardest I guarantee you the first prayer that you say out loud will be the hardest one you'll ever do you'll get to amen don't worry the first family devotion you have will be the hardest you will feel so awkward who am I to read this devotion or this Bible passage to my kids it'll feel so awkward but that's the hardest one And the first small group meeting is always the hardest. It'll feel awkward. I don't know these people, but that's okay. It'll get easier. In fact, it's in this connection that I just have a request of you. In the worship folder, you can see that there's six couples or individuals who have stepped forward and said, I don't want my fellow Christians ever to have to face the dangers alone. I recognize the, the danger of loneliness, and I'm gonna step up and be willing to be a leader, a host of a small group. And one of the curses of this whole idea of small groups in our setting is it's just not part of our DNA. And so we'll have people who want to be in a small group and we can't find, find a place for them, and then we have people who are step up and say, I'll, I'll be a leader, and, and, and there's nobody who wants to be a part of their small group, and ah! Uh, could you be a blessing To those brothers and sisters who have stepped forward and said, I am willing to try to be a leader, to bless others, would you bless them if you are not part of a functional family where you are experiencing the power of prayer as brothers and sisters pray for you? If you are not extending the reach of your prayer by hearing the concerns that others have and reaching out to them and touching them in prayer. If you are not in a small group where you are experiencing this marvelous intimacy of prayer, brother, sister, get that connection card out. Go online. Let us know. I need to be a part of a family like that bless the people who have stepped forward let's have a hundred people in our congregation say yes I want to be part of a small group would you join me in that effort so that no one faces Satan's attacks alone because I know the dangers as a pastor of the family church I'm terrified of the dangers out there I know you are too but you and I have this incredible power of prayer we know the reach of prayer we know the intimacy of prayer let's go Ready, set, go. Amen. Please stand. And let's pray together the Lord's Prayer as as a family church. I'll read the, the, the Lord's Prayer itself, and then you read how we can apply that petition to the family church our father in heaven father we know you hear us and love us for jesus sake hallowed be your name let all that is said and done in our family churches bring honor to your reputation your kingdom come rule as king in my heart rule as king in the hearts of all whom we love Use our family church to extend your rule into the hearts of all people in our area of influence. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Father, I don't ask what I want for my family. I ask what you want in my family church. Give us today our daily bread. Give us what we need today for our bodies and souls Rescue our family church from worry. Give us strength to serve you in the good times and in the hard times. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Help me believe that I am forgiven for my failures within my family church. Enable me to forgive those who sin against me. Lead us not into temptation. Don't let the sun go down on our family church while we are still angry. Don't let the devil find a foothold in our hearts. But deliver us from evil. Rescue us from every evil of body and soul. Preserve us and all, so that every member of our family church dies in faith and enjoys eternal life with you. For the kingdom... Father, we trust that you are ruling as king for the good of your family church. The power, Father, we trust your power to answer our every prayer, And the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Father, may it be glorified in our family church, now and forever. Amen. I know our Father has heard and answered. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.